This is the beginning, once again, of we are re-entering uh, the catechism season. Uh, we've been kind of out of catechism since uh, before Advent. Uh, for those of you who have been around, obviously you know what we've been talking about. Um, but catechism for us is significant. I know, I know you're watching all the children come in, and parents, if these are one of your children, you pretty much aren't paying attention to me at all anymore, which I understand. I understand. You haven't seen them in, in, in a little bit. Um, they're going to recite catechism, just so just put your hearts and minds at ease. Um, but here's, here's, what, here's why we're doing catechism. We, we talked about basically a year of catechism, uh, and, and catechism for us has been an intentional, purposeful desire to be able to lay the foundational f truths of our faith in a way that allows us to corporately and connectively know what is the gospel made up of in its, in its blocks, in its, in its essence, in its elements, so that we have the truths of our faith at our disposal? Now, we, we challenge you guys, we give you guys this, uh, this calendar, um, which you can have, there's some more in the back, there's some more at the table if you haven't gotten one of these. This is your opportunity to begin or to re-enter some of the memorization process so that you can, together, together, we can actually lay these foundations for one another. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate this because it's a real thing, and this is not a pastor, this is not a pastor trick, I promise. Um, but uh, last night, you know, we've, we're through question 11 right now, and uh, we as a team, as a staff team, we've been challenging each other to memorize these, these catechisms. But last night, I am, um, I'm in an MRI machine. If you've been in an MRI machine, which I had not yet, you know that it's a terrifying experience. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it, I'm being really honest. Um, and I'm in there so tight. I'm a big dude, and those tubes are very small. Um, and I'm so tight in there, like, I am trying not to panic. And I'm, I mean, multiple times, 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. And so I'm trying to keep my mind distracted, and, and I'm afraid. I mean, I'm just honestly like, I'm going to tear this machine apart, you know? Um, and next thing you know, I'm like, God, help me. And I thought, I need to, I, what can I think about? What can I think about? You know what came to my mind? What is my only hope in life and death? What is God? Next thing you know, for the next about 10, 15 minutes, I'm just running through the catechism for comfort and, and, and for also a sense of clarity. Like, God, this is true. This is true. This is truer than this sound and this craziness going on inside. So all I know is this, is um, God can use the catechism in multiple ways, including laying deep foundations of your faith, but can also bring comfort to you in the midst of it. And so one of the things we've done is we've asked Corey to challenge some of her classes, and one class in particular, to help guide us and to refresh us in what the catechism journey has been so far. So, Corey, you want to tell us a little bit about what you guys have done, and then we're going to jump in, and these children are going to teach us. All right, good morning. I'm Corey Panyard. I'm the Kids Ministry Director here, and um, it is my privilege and pleasure to have our first and second grade class up here. Uh, one of the things that's really important to us as a kids ministry is that we are not just child care. Uh, we really focus on discipleship, on really uh, challenging these kids and laying a really firm foundation for them to come back to uh, as they continue to get older and as they get to adolescence and adulthood. And so um, that's true of all of our classes, even uh, down to establishing a, an environment of prayer and praise for our nursery, uh, and then starting with really solid biblical truths in one-year-olds and up. And so what that looks like for our first and second graders is that we have been practicing the catechism for as long as all of us as adults have. Uh, and uh, we've taken whole weeks because we think that this is important uh, to just practice and play games and, and try to remember this. And so as a class, we are only practicing the kids' version. So, you know, on our handy-dandy little folder or, count, yeah, I don't know, whatever it is whatever you guys took home, there's 
blue words and there's um, black words. So the blue words is the kids' version. So when in class, the entire class is memorizing all of the kids' versions. But these awesome first and second and third uh, and fourth graders um, have uh, taken it upon themselves to actually memorize the adult version uh, to be able to share with you this morning. So we're super excited um, to celebrate just all of the incredible work that they've done and really letting these truths sink deeply into them. So uh, with that, Zelda and Sammy J, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong, body and soul, both, be, both life and death, to God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Way to go, girls. You want to get over there. All right, Escher, what is God? God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. Way to go, buddy. All right, Lizzie and Sadie, how many persons are there in God? There are three pers persons in the one true living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are same in substance, equal in power and glory. Way to go. Sammy J and Zelda are overachievers, so they're also doing number four. All right, girls, how and why did God create us? God created male and female so that we can know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we, that we who were made by God should live to his glory. Way to go, girls. All right, Sarah and Grace, what else did God create? God created all things by his powerful word, and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. Thank you, girls. All right, Zach, how can we glorify God? We glorify God by enjoying him, loving him, trusting him, and obeying his will, commands, and law. Thank you. Good job. All right, we have a couple people who were sick today or who weren't able to do theirs. So I get to do, I get to do theirs and step in today. Um, so it's good that I've been doing this with them. Uh, but Sarah has graciously uh, offered to help me out with number seven. So we get to do this one together. All right, Sarah, ready? What does the law of God require? Personal, perfect, perfect and, and perpetual, perpetual obedience. obedience. That, that we, we love, love God, God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done, and what God commands should always be done. Good job. Thank you, Sarah. All right, Mr. Abe, what is the law of God stated in the Ten Commandments? And I'm just going to preface this. What's on the screen is the full adult version. This one is super long, so we only made him memorize the kid's version. So if, he, if it looks like he missed something, he did not miss anything. Okay. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not 
commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, and you shall not covet. (laughs) Way to go, Abe. All right, Mr. Sean, what does God require in the first, second, and third commandments? First, that we know and trust God is the only true and living God. Second, that we avoid all idolatry and do do not worship God improperly. Third, that we treat God's name with fear and reverence, honoring also his word and works. Way to go, Sean. All right, number 10 is another one that we're just jumping right into. And Bronwyn has graciously offered to help me out with this, but neither one of us has practiced this one yet. So here we go. What does... What, what is our question? What does God require in the fourth and fifth commandment? Fourth, that on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. Fifth, that we love and honor our father and our mother, Submitting to their godly discipline and direction. Way to go, Bronwyn. Thank you. All right. And wrapping us up is Morgan and Mayer. What does God require in the 6th, 7th, and 8th commandments? 6. That we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. Seventh, that we live purely and faithfully, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires. Eighth, Eighth, that that we we do not take take without without permission that that which which belongs belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from from someone we might benefit. Way to go, guys. We are so proud of the hard work these kids have put in over the last couple months. So with that, I'm going to turn this off, and we're going to head back out.